Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's 4th Estate. Hey everybody and welcome to another great edition of Florida's 4th Estate. So glad to have you with us this week. We are talking about our favorite places to visit in Florida. Just our little, some of them are hidden gems and some of them you already know about, but we're going to tell you why we love them so much. I'm Ginger Gadsden. Hey, glad you're with us. <laughs> My name is Matt Austin. Yeah, we're talking about a road trip that had a good ending and it got us thinking, what are the best road trips in Florida? The mm -hmm. places in Florida that you just have to visit. And so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Best road trips in Florida. And we're going to start off with one. It's a little touristy, okay? But once we get through that, <laughs> we're going to be out of the touristy places. But we just had to mention it. Okay, so this place is cool. It is historic. And it is most certainly irreverent. It's kind of crazy. Mm. You know I'm talking about Key West. It is the southernmost point in the beautiful state of Florida and Key West, there's so much stuff to do. I mean, people come from all over the world. They take their cruises down there and it's just a fantastic place to visit. The Austins have done several trips down there. All right. And we have a few of our favorites that I want to list off. They have an aquarium down there, Gigi, where you can touch all sorts of things. You can touch the rays and all the little things. My kids really had a great time. You can also check out the Hemingway house, which is super fun. But my favorite thing to do down in Key West, undoubtedly, is to go down to where the cruise ships are and check out the street performers. They have some of the best performers oh, yeah. on earth there. I mean, they do crazy stuff. They're very interactive and super yeah. fun. So Key West had to make the list. This place looks like heaven on earth but it's in Florida. And I've lived in Florida almost nine years now, and it's my first time going to one of the Gulf Coast beaches. I'm talking about Pensacola. I've never seen water, and I travel a lot, I've not seen water this color ever. It did not look real. That turquoise and the blue that collide, it is just like heaven. And if you go to any beaches, you have to go to Pensacola Beach. I avoided it for years and I don't know why. It takes some getting to for me, but the water was just perfect. The sand was nice, the, everything. My whole family went, almost my whole family. We do the summer vacation every year. That's a lot of family. And I, I'm from Charleston where we have some of the best beaches in the world, I think, you know, but Pensacola Beach, blew us all away because we don't get that kind of water in Charleston. And man, if you're going to have a beach home anywhere in Florida, I would want it to be on Pensacola Beach. So there are really two different types of scenery to enjoy in Florida. You can do the beaches like we were talking about, but I would say my absolute favorite is a lake with some big, beautiful, mossy trees around it. That is my kind of Florida scene that I, I just love as I, I grew up closer to the beach down south. So when you think about a place like that, there's really one place in particular that tourists think about, and many in Central Florida do as well. 
It's Mount Dora. Ginger, we're heading to the mountains, okay? This is a historic town. I'm not really into in antiquing, but if you're into antiques, Mount Dora is a great place to go. There are delicious restaurants there. Oh, yeah. There's a gorgeous lake, Lake Dora there. And it's just a very historic, very fun place to visit. It's known as you know a place where they constantly have festivals. During the nice times of year, there's just a festival pretty much every single weekend. It's a gorgeous place to visit. The people there are just genuinely nice. And mm -hmm. it almost kind of gives you that southern town kind of vibe. And it's very close. If you live in Orlando, it's a half hour away. So it's really easy to get there. Ginger, I don't know how much time you spent in Mount Dora, but one of my absolute most charming places in Florida. And you're right. You just stroll around town and the people are friendly. It's just one of those quaint places. If you hear about it, you're like, yeah. But once you go, you understand why people go back. And they have these little, you know, these little inns where you can stay on the lake. That's also delightful. Yeah. Great Love place. It. Great place to visit. And much different than any other place on this list. Yeah. And way different than a lot. Not touristy at all, I wouldn't say. No, it's not. But perfect. Taking you back to a beach, sticking with the historic mm -hmm. theme, I'm going up very close to the state line with Georgia past Jacksonville to a place called Amelia Island, Fernandina mm -hmm. Beach area. It is a gorgeous place on the east coast of Florida. If you're looking for an east coast adventure, Amelia Island is a very cool place. Different landscape. It's got the beach, but on the inside, it's more sort of that swampy uh, river look, if you're into that. Incredible places to eat. Great seafood. There's a place called Timoti's that is fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, it'll just melt your face off. It's so good. It's just delicious food out there. And uh, my, it's one of my family's favorite places to go for a quick beach trip over to Amelia Island. And this place is so beautiful and people like it so much that, get this, Gigi, eight different flags have flown over Amelia Island. It has been a part of eight different uh, either countries it's or... Ours. Want it. Everybody wants a piece of Amelia <laughs> Islands. It's been around for a long time and it is a super cool place to visit if you ever get the chance. Imagine walking along the beach and you put your toes in the sand and it just sinks because it's like powdered sugar. I'm That's there. Siesta Key. That is Siesta Key Beach. It is perhaps the most beautiful, serene. I know I said that about Pensacola as well, but this really, it's a different vibe. It's a different feel. And it's almost like you pick up the sand and you're like, is this even happening? Is is this what is sand this should feel life? like everywhere? Is this what sand should feel like everywhere? Can I eat this? Can I sprinkle this on some cookies? Can I sprinkle <laughs> this? It's like, it is that good. And it's always written up in when they do best beaches. It, they always mention Siesta Key. And how could they not? It is glorious. There's just so many oh, very cool places in that particular area. And the thing you like about them is they're not built up. You know, like if you go to Siesta yeah. Key, there are a few places to stay, 
but you'd usually just VRBO a house or something or do an Airbnb out there and do like you said, you cook. There are some good places wow. to eat out there. But for the most part, you're just enjoying incredible beaches with a gorgeous sand. And yeah. it's really not that far away. That's what maybe between Pensacola and the Siesta Key pick is for a lot of people getting out to Pensacola Beach is a headache. I mean, imagine if you oh. live in South Florida and you try to get up to Pensacola Beach, you could be driving nine hours to get out there. So We live in Central Florida, and we were in the car for like six hours. I'm like, are we still going? Are we, are we still, still in, in Florida? Florida? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> are we there yet? I know we turned into children after about three hours at my house. Yeah, but it's worth it. It's worth every moment you spend getting. And how blessed are we to get to to get to live in a state where there are so many? It was sort of hard to put together this list, and then we got down to five, and we're like, how do we choose a number one and a number five? And I know there are people out there who who say, hey, you left this off. You left this off. I want to hear from those people because then we may discover some places that are new, especially if they are truly hidden gems and off the beaten path. I want to know about it because I want to visit them. That's right. And we love hearing when we're wrong. So please (laughs) let us know. Hey, stay with us as we go from road trips to one wild day trip where you can take an African safari and feed a cheetah without leaving Central Florida. Welcome to a special edition of Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. You can see we are not in our dull studio. Man, we are wild and we are out (laughs) at Wild Safari in Lakeland. This is probably one of the most serene places I've been in Florida. I don't even feel like I'm in Florida. Welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. I'm Ginger Gadsden. Yeah, I'm Matt Austin. It's like we're out here in the Serengeti. We're going to show you a place that you wouldn't maybe believe is in Central Florida. It's got animals from Africa, glamping setups that have been flown in from Africa as well, and a character who decided, hey, you know what? Let's have a safari in the middle of Central Florida. Did you just refer to him as a character? I think it's fair to say. You're going to say He's pretty colorful. He's pretty colorful. He's definitely a character. His name is Lex Salisbury. He is the owner, operator, president, CEO out wow. here of Safari Wilderness. I'd call him a very lucky man, too. Is it luck that, that brought all this together? Well, it was wow. sort of a vision, but um, this was an old abandoned cattle farm. But I, I, I've been working with animals for a really long time since I was, I guess, 18. I'm 64 now, so I worked in zoos in England, Australia. I ran Lowry Park Zoo in Tampa for 21 years, and I've been to Africa, like I said, 30 times. So you wouldn't recommend just a regular average Joe buying a few hundred <laughs> acres and then flying no, in all yeah, sorts of wild sort, animals? You sort of have to know what you're doing. The, um, but it, the thing that I liked about Central Florida um, is it's very similar to Africa in many ways, and the and it's and it's being developed crazily. There's like a thousand people a day moving here, yeah. 22 million people living here now, and this area around the Green Swamp, which a lot of people don't know, is the second largest wilderness area in Florida after the Everglades. It's about the size of Rhode Island here, and it's preserved land that won't be developed, and it's where five rivers start: Withlacoochee, Ocklawaha, Peace, Hillsboro, Anklote, all start here. This is the watershed for West Central Florida. And it's gonna be kept 
pristine like this because it provides water for tens of millions of people. But we have a lot of um, endangered species here, animals that are extinct in the wild, animals that need a place. And this is, I think, the next evolution for zoos. I'm not down on zoos. They educate hundreds of millions of people, mostly kids in areas where people live, which is cities, but they're in these inner city parks and there may be 60, 100 acres if you're lucky. So we have 310 acres in, in this green swamp area that we're dedicated, we've been dedicated to conservation for 20 years or so. Somebody's trying to steal the spot. Yeah, and, that, and this is- I don't a, want to get distracted this, here, but this thing, this thing has a job, which is to eat rats. Are we safe? Are yes, we safe? Yes, This we're is like a cat. We're right in the middle. We're right in the middle. There you go. So, Ginger. No, I just think that, you know, I, I, I love that there's so much space. When you talk about 310 acres, some 600 animals out here. Yeah, right? we have two places. This is Safari Wilderness. And this morning I came from the other place that we have, which is our sister facility called Giraffe Ranch in Dade City. And it's at the northern end of the Green Swamp. So we have these two places. That's 50 acres. This is 260. And um, rather than develop it, we just enclosed it in double eight foot bonox fence like this from, from that was developed in South Africa, believe it or not, and um, put in animals and we let them do their thing sort of thing. So it's, as someone who's been, you, yeah. you've been to Africa more than 20 times, yeah. right? Yeah. So how are you able to bring some of that, some of the savanna here to Central Florida? Well, the, it already exists here. And the thing is, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm being educated by going there and seeing how the Africans do things, which is not put animals in inner city parks. They have them in these big, you know, you go to, you meet people in Africa and they see animals by going to national parks close by and they have the big five there and all that sort of thing. There are still zoos in those cities, which are important for people that can't get out there. But believe it or not, um, the big five in Africa, most of them used to live here. If you go to any natural history museum, you can see the, um, the dioramas of the animals that lived in Florida. Lions are from here, cheetah are from here, elephants are from here, rhino are from here. You're telling me Cam cheetah's been Cam in Florida? Yeah, camels evolved in North America, tapers. There was a beaver the size of a bear here. There was a bear the size of a horse. There was an armadillo the size of a Volkswagen bug that all lived in Florida. I'm and sorry, I'm glad well, they're not well, here right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want to see so, a beaver bear. Yeah. Go, go, to, go to UF. Go to the Natural History Museum at the University of Florida in Gainesville. It's a terrific natural history museum, and you can see the dioramas of all the stuff that used to live here. Now, was that back when, you know, before continental drift and all that, like when we were connected to Africa? Was it still Pangea? Yeah, or no, it, that's like way, way after that. The, the last um, elephants became extinct in Florida about 10,000 years ago. And the and the and those fossils are really modern times. So when people come here, all right, they get to enjoy a few different experiences. You can do glamping, you can do some four wheeling, you can do. But your most, I would say your most reason, if you're a family and you wanted to just take a car full of people out and enjoy an hour yeah. of watching animals, the most uh, kind of accessible experience is this one behind us. So tell us what happened. Fin financially, we have five different ways you can come here and visit. The least expensive. And a very cool primer if you just want to see what it's like. You can take seven people, put them in a vehicle, come here. You have to, everything's online, safariwilderness.com. You book online through Fair Harbor, our booking system. And you'll come at a specific time. And we will take you out, you and your family out. And the, the guide is on an ATV with a 
transmitter and you adjust your FM radio in your car so she, you can hear what she's saying, she or he are saying, and they tell you all about the 600 animals here. So it's very inexpensive. And we started that during the pandemic because people were feeling broke and paranoid, right? right. And you don't have to interact with people. You can out. stay in your vehicle. Yeah. And that, ironically, has really turned into the biggest revenue earner of all the <laughs> safaris here because it's so affordable to people. Yeah. yeah. So we, you could do it that way. You can get on our vehicle. What we're going to do in a minute is get one, on one of our vehicles. I feel like you're just being greedy right now. Okay. Okay. One more. One more. One more. And you're going to be able to get a one-on-one -on -one guided tour. Like when you went to Africa, you had a driver guide who told you all about the mm -hmm. animals, and it, what they weren't talking over a um, a microphone, which kills the intimacy of that thing. The whole thing about that's cool about a safari in Africa is that you feel like you're part of the food chain, man. You're you're you could be, and you are part <laughs> of the food chain. And those guys are protecting you and they're taking you out into areas and it's a very safe experience but it's it's very controlled and you're you're living in the moment and every a lot of people really connect with Africa that's where everybody's from you know everybody our all of our species came out of Africa about 75,000 years hit the Tigris Euphrates some went right became Asian some went left became Caucasian but we're but it is a cradle of civilization yeah um, i've never met someone i don't think who has such passion for Africa, so much passion that well, you brought it here to Central well, Florida. Well, when you go there, I used to take, um, I raised about $40 million for the zoo taking people to Africa. I took the mayor of Tampa, I took Dick Greco, and that's part of the reason they have the African area at the zoo, is he got to see what it was like, and he wanted the kids of Tampa to be able to see that too. But it's a place that, you know, a lot of people think I'm gonna go there once. You go there once, you're gonna go back again and you're gonna keep going back because it's just... And it's a different experience every time you go. So tell me what this whole, we're right next to the glamping yeah, area so, right now. Yeah. How does this work? These things are beautiful. It's speaking and, yeah. to me, it's yeah. speaking to me. Yeah, and these are, these are like you uh, tent go tent camping in Africa and we have nine of them here. We have one in the middle of the property that's up on an elevated platform near the Cheetah and you'll see that in a minute. And you don't have bathrooms here. We have communal bathrooms and showers with hot water and everything here. We have fires at night like you do in Africa. We have, um, we'll go out on uh, a, a game drive with a driver guide who'll show the people these things. But while you're here, the reason we kind of started this is we had people would come here. You can do kayak safaris here. You can do ATV safaris. You could do camelback safaris, drive-throughs. So there's five different ways to do this. And a lot of people wanted to do all that stuff and they didn't want to keep going back to stay overnight in, mm -hmm. in Lakeland. So they, they come here and stay for a few days and do all this stuff. Yeah. And then we have some hands-on interactive things like um, uh, lemur feeding. You can do a, uh, a cheetah encounter, which is really cool. <laughs> Look at you! Wyoming and places where God, you're pretty. Hi. Hello. I'm gonna go nice and low. Open it up and let it fall. Okay. Oh, Lex wow. Salisbury. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, cool. What nice to meet you guys. So Thanks, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having us out here. So if people want to check you out, what is the best way? Because you said you can book online. Yeah, you have you have to book online. Go to safariwilderness.com and then you'll see all the different ways you can come here. 
safariwilderness.com. All right, I know I've got a seven-year-old who's going to be like, good. Dad, we're glamping. You have good, a co-anchor good. who's glamping. <laughs> uh, that's too much that's... drama. <laughs> Can't have you both. All right, uh, thank you. I hope you. you've enjoyed this because it is unlike any other place we've experienced in Florida, and we hope you get a chance to check it out. You know, uh, spring break's coming, summer's coming. It's just something yeah. great for the entire family. Get out here while the weather's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for watching this edition of Florida fourth estate or listening if that's your thing <laughs> we appreciate you we'll see you again next week bye